guys. Welcome to the Beatles podcast where we beat every type of social issue there is. This week, we're going to be talking about schooling for autistic students. So around one in every 59 children born are diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder every single year. And that means that around 2% of the American public faces the struggle of having to decide the best course of action for education. Because of this struggle, there's a huge debate on which type of schooling provides the most benefits to students on the spectrum. Maddie, Savannah, Crystal, and I are here today to discuss some of the research that we've done and what we think would have a positive impact on the education system for this community. In order to get an idea of what the average person normally thinks about the special education system, or even if they have to think about it at all, we took this to the streets. Ask the public, what experience or knowledge do you have with the special education system in America? Some of my friends in grade school had to go through the special education system. My cousin who has autism has been through 17 different school systems in the Milwaukee area because none of the schools have felt the criteria that he needed. I actually don't really have any experiences with uh, special ed. My mom is actually a fifth grade teacher at a private school and she directly sees these disparities within the curriculum and how each student in various spectrum levels aren't being catered to. Um, What's really interesting is that she's actually going back to school right now to learn more about behavior analysis to help with special education in the classroom because she sees how unnecessary this change is to um, help with these various different like levels of learning in each student. Well, you just heard the secondhand experiences of the public, but now let's take a peek into Maddie's dad's life. His brother has autism and he's seen him grow up with this struggle his whole life. Let's see what he has to say. He needed constant monitoring and care. He received this through state-assisted agencies that would help pick him up in the morning and drop him off later in the afternoon. At home, mom and dad would also give him the constant care that he needed, but were unable to do that as I left for college because I had to pick him up, carry him up the stairs, and down the stairs. When I left for college, he moved to Our Lady of the Wayside and later into group homes. Help Foundation, which was formed by mom, was set up to assist those like Bryant, but without the financial means to get the help they needed. Later, Help Foundation expanded to assist many of those with special needs other than Bryant's and with adults that had many special needs. It's exciting to hear people actually talking about this topic, especially when I ask them questions, but hearing the differences of perspectives between the general public and someone like Maddie's dad who really experienced these struggles firsthand and not from a different point of view, it should open our eyes up to the fact that not everyone has the same straightforward or simple or negative or even positive experience with the education system, especially our friends with autism. This really is a call to get into action because you know it seems like everyone struggles with it and if people don't know about it it's because we're not talking about it hearing those clips back to back is really telling of the struggles that a lot of families end up having to go through many of them have to do so much extra work to on their own to fight for their children's right of education that we never really hear about because we have the comfort and privilege of not needing to hear about it knowing that what do we think the most realistic way for these families to receive aid in any form of education would be So I think that the conclusion a lot of us came to in our research was that 
private schools are way too expensive and they're really not available to all types of families who need them. Plus, they don't actually teach the kids how to interact with the world around them because they're so separated from other groups. On the other hand, public school education varies so much that it doesn't really give the students the right accommodations since it has to conform to large groups with standards. The teachers don't always have the necessary training and resources. While this doesn't mean that they're all necessarily doing a bad job, the problem is that there are good options, but they're far and few in between. Yeah, like my school, I think, was, had a pretty good program with our special education kids because we would see them often and they weren't like hidden away in a corner somewhere. We actually had a gym class with them where every student would buddy up with a student with special needs and then they'd spend the entire gym class together working and playing games. And I thought that was just a really good way to make sure the students are able to retain their communication skills because they would keep the students like together and bundled up even if they weren't exactly alike in learning ability. I think that's really interesting because I went to a private grade school and a private high school and I cannot tell you if I had a classmate with special needs. Um, I think that we might have had a couple, but that was like kept to a bare minimum. And we didn't even separate classes based on ability. Yeah, with all this in mind, I think it's the most effective way to accommodate these students and their families is probably somewhere between the two types, you know? It's like a combination because they both need improvement and there isn't a perfect solution. But I think that if we have more funding and more training in public schools, then the most people could probably be benefited. But the next question is, how do we get around this issue of funding? Well, Christine, like the first step is to bring awareness, you know, like the more we bring awareness to the public about these problems, um, the more ideas we can get out there, you know, if people aren't consciously thinking about things that don't directly involve them, they won't donate or support these causes. We have to talk about it and be a little uncomfortable, and then we'll see some change actually come out of this. An example of just that would be when we were talking about earlier um, how my grandma actually had to um, create a foundation specifically for my uncle just based on um, her not having available resources to get the sufficient education that she thought was needed for um, my uncle. So this kind of brings us back to the main purpose of this podcast, which would be what can we really do about this as an unaffected citizen? So I think the first thing is just we can't be apathetic about topics like this because if we want to see improvements in the lives of others, it is necessary to talk about things that make us uncomfortable and stuff that we don't think about. So the first step would just be to open conversation because it isn't really that people don't care. It's just that they are more uninformed of how deep the issue actually is. Crystal, that's like cool and all, but... How can we get informed and start these open conversations? It's mostly easier to send than done, you know? Yeah, I mean, not to be stereotypical or anything, but honestly, we kind of just need to be social justice warriors. We need to campaign and petition the school boards to allocate funding to these programs, and we honestly just need to be the voice for the voiceless. There's so many people that could get better they could get so much better education, but they just can't. And I think a really beneficial thing could be, I think a really beneficial thing could be bringing other schools together to do like a fundraiser or something. I think that that would be a great idea if you brought the entire community into it, because that's honestly the only way you're going to create change. Um, it can be a fun yet informative experience for people who might not have any other exposure to this topic. 
Um, it kind of kills two birds with one stone, if you think about it, because it, it raises awareness while also providing funding for useful programs and also accommodations that may honestly never be brought up without this. I'm going to be honest, before we even researched this project and looked into it, I wasn't thinking about special education, especially for kids with autism, you know? Um, I saw the importance of advocating for people who don't really have a voice and how much work the parents of these students go through, you know, every single day to make sure that their kid is even learning like the other ones do, you know? So it's very important that we each have a voice and it's okay to be uncomfortable. That's why we should push and push and you know, start asking the questions that aren't always out there or aren't always out in the open. Let's start asking the hard questions and ask them together. Let's start working together and being a little uncomfortable. Because if we start living how we are right now, then there's going to be no change. So start talking to your friends about this. Start talking to your parents and maybe even volunteer with people who are in the special education systems and see from their perspectives. What do they need to change and how can we be the voice for them? Come back for next week's episode while we find the cure for every other issue you can think of. Bye guys.